0: Hi friends, I'm Beth Golick, and in today's episode of Key Ministry, the podcast, I am delighted to introduce you to some friends I met during the Disability and the Church 2023 conference that Key Ministry hosted in Cleveland, Ohio this past April. Whether you are a ministry leader looking to launch or grow a disability ministry, or you are from a family impacted by disability, I think you'll learn something from them today. Not to mention, I think you will enjoy hanging out with Katie, Skeeter, and Keith as much as I did. So, let's pull up a chair to David's Table. Well, I am so happy to have the crew from David's Table here today. So, as I mentioned, I met them at Disability in the Church 2023, and I just think they have a really cool story to share. Plus, I think they're really cool people. So I'm going to have you each introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about David's Table.
1: I'm Skeeter Powell. Uh, I am the storyteller-in-chief with David's Table and just honored to be there, just
2: to be a part.
3: I'm Katie Mitchell. I'm the executive director.
2: And I'm Keith Finch. I'm the program director. About 23
1: years ago, Ben Brewer came to a meeting where I was. He was in a power chair, he has cerebral palsy. He introduced me to the world of uh, folks with disabilities. Uh, In 2010, David's Table was formed. We have tried to figure out what we were doing and two and a half years ago, we really came to grips with things that uh, needed to be. A fella came along and said, "Uh, David's Table's pretty good, but Skeeter's old. (laughs) Uh, And we'll we'll do this if you don't mind, we'll give you a lump of money. You've got to do three things to get it. You got to match the the funds, you got to come up with a strategic plan and you got to come up with a succession plan. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me that that was a a direction we went. It was very good thing that happened with David's Table. And it was a wonderful thing that happened with our friends with disabilities and their families.
3: So during COVID, I was I became the board chair as, as we were making all this transition, and it became very clear to us that we needed to. Uh, create a focus on adults with disabilities out of high school. We found that to be a large void, provided services, events, connection, and community. Our families were very isolated on the margins, and although a small group of us who had been traveling through life together for about a decade were very close, we knew of tons of families that were really struggling So we focused on adults out of high school and their families, creating community, connecting to resources, and making disciples.
2: I actually get to do all the fun stuff. At that same time of COVID, I retired from special education teacher for 34 years. I had been involved with uh, Skeeter and Katie and Brian through Young Life Capernaum. The nice part of my job is I get to just plan the fun things you know, and and do all of the activities, which we'll talk more about in a minute. Katie has to rein us in sometimes as we were talking about those blank spots on the calendar that I would like to see filled with activities. Every now and then she has to make us pull the reins in.
3: We get pretty excited. Yeah,
0: (laughs) well, I, I love this because you have just so completely described what kind of what organizations and and ministries need to think through. Skeeter, can you just one more time, give me the three, it was matching funds and a succession plan. And what was the middle one? What was the second one?
1: A succession plan and, and a strategic plan.
0: Strategic plan. Strategic plan. Okay. Thank you. And those are three, like three areas that every organization, every ministry needs to think about. So that's,
1: That's great. Well, I'm going to go ahead and confess that I have no administrative bones in my body. Uh, (laughs) My leadership style has been I piddle with Jesus. Now, I don't piddle with Jesus, but alongside Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and some wonderful things have happened, uh, but until we were able to provide some leadership in the best sense of the word and some structure to the ministry at that point it just exploded. Uh it's w- wonderful and scary at the same time the things mm-hmm. that have happened since we have real leadership, administrative skills even.
0: Well and, and that's that's the beauty of having a team because you know you're gifting you are chief storyteller. But maybe Maybe administration isn't your gift, and 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 you've brought people together that each have, you know, that yeah, they're they're pointing, they're pointing at Katie.
1: Well, Um, one little correction there. I'm the storyteller in chief, and a storyteller in chief. Sorry, chief, chief is my dog. I'm not chief of.
3: And, and I love the point that you just made, Beth. So just as Jesus surrounded himself with a wide variety of people, his disciples, you could not get in some ways a more motley crew or different bunch. We are very much that way. We we find strength in collaboration in recognition that God knit us together as a group and that no one, not a single one of us were a part of the whole, like the beautiful mosaic that God creates of just putting all of our best parts together and all of our broken pieces together to fit into a more beautiful creation. We do not do it perfectly, <laughs> but- Just as I love structure, Skeeter has also that friction and rubbing against. His freedom to move without planning has been very good for me and very good for the organization. You need both. So I would say the challenge to any ministry startup or established is collaborate. Don't have a hierarchy that's so restrictive and rule bound and structured that you can't move and flow because it it is not a box. It is in no way a box.
0: I love that. I love that. And collaboration is one of those key words or values that key ministry has too. We really value collaboration with, you know, with other ministries. And I I just think that's how we can advance the movement and grow the kingdom.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. I At, when we came to the conference, we did learn a great deal. But I think one of the takeaways for me was, you know, we were expecting everybody else to have it all down to a T uh-huh. and have you know, it just perfectly structured. And we were going to learn from that. But we learned that ever no one has it all together. And it made me think about back at Christmas. I think we were all pulling our hair out with different things that were going on and we were getting stressed. And Katie had read, you know, was reading from the story of Jesus's birth. And he was born in a messy, dirty, smelly stable. And so she kind of coined a phrase, hot mess, dirty stable. That's us. David's table.
0: I love it. And it rhymes.
2: (laughs) Some good things came out of that dirty stable with Jesus. And that's what we're hoping with us to, yes. And I think maybe Skeeter and I being a little bit more free-flowing are good for Katie. And then she's good for us also that we do need a little bit of structure. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love it. Good teamwork. So how this came to be, you know, individuals and families that experienced that transition cliff. So, you know, when kids are in high school, there's a lot of hours of programming and community and opportunities, and then it, poof, kind of disappears. And I'm sure particularly during COVID. So tell us a little bit about what some of the creative ideas, programs, solutions that David's table has come up with.
3: I just want to say one thing. So to have an accurate vision of what it looked like during that time, you have to remember what it was before we all knew what Zoom was like. Zoom was not anything that any of us really experienced on our Well, day. except
0: for key ministry. We like to say we were Zooming before it was cool, but oh, like well, most good. other people know. Yeah. No,
3: we were not cutting edge at all. <laughs> And so we had, we used Zoom to do a number of things before we could gather in person, including karaoke, bow down, a virtual camp, all kinds of things, art, ukulele, yeah, all kinds of things. And in the process, in the messy, technical craziness, it was just joy. That, that's all I can tell you. It was just joy. And then rolling off of that, Keith can talk a little bit more. Our programs have literally exploded.
2: And now some of the way the programs start, I'll use art as an example. When we were still more closely tied to Young Life Capernaum, several of us were picking up high school friends from the high school and bringing them to club club didn't officially start till 5.30. We were getting them there at 4.15, 4.30. And so one gentleman with ukulele, he had started back. He said, do you think some of your friends would like to play ukuleles? And I think Skeeter has the best answer to this. Anytime somebody proposes something.
1: I don't know, but I think we should try.
2: <laughs> and that's what we did with ukuleles. So we're playing ukuleles for about eight months to a year. And then we had one high school buddy who came and he was like, I don't really want to play ukuleles, but I love art. Do you think any of our friends would like to do art? And I don't know, but I think we should try. <laughs> so we started doing art and that's been our approach. There have been some things that haven't gone very well, but we have tried them then. You know, so, if someone were wanting to start a program, I wouldn't say they necessarily have to start a ukulele band (laughs) or do they have to start art classes, but there's someone in their community who has a gift or a passion that they would like to share with our friends. And then, you know, maybe try that. Maybe it's crocheting and knitting. I saw a group in Florida that does, they even have a t-shirt, keep calm and knit on. (laughs) Uh, And so, it may be, who knows, we may start knitting. <laughs> That's not my strength though. Okay,
0: well.
1: <laughs> and, and sometimes we try stuff and it doesn't work. And then it comes back again. We had a garden at my son's house. It was a lot of work and we, we got two nasty ears of corn, 10 green beans and zucchini squash that were a foot or a foot and a half long. That's too long. Yeah. I was in charge. I didn't know what I was doing. But now we have two people who work with us uh, who know what a garden is and how to to grow vegetables. And it's wonderful. Keith can tell you a little bit more about that.
2: Yes. John Crawford, one of the gentlemen, he's tried to figure out what can we do to help our friends. So we have built raised beds for our friends that are in wheelchairs. They may not be able to go to the large garden proper, but he has planted zucchinis and beans Uh, onions and tomatoes up there that they from their wheelchair can water, plant, uh, harvest. Uh, They are able to fully participate. So his willingness to say, how can we make this work? You know, instead of saying, no, they can't do it. He was willing to figure out how can we make this work? Again, if somebody's wanting to start something, they need to find a John Crawford.
3: I also want to reassure and um, encourage everyone that everything we've done has been scalable. So, and custom, uh, you know, you can customize it to your own community, and all of these. Things have been born out of opportunities and others who've been willing to step forward. You do not have to have a lot to, to start, and you should scale it to your resources. That is probably the greatest job that I have as kind of a gatekeeper to put guardrails that we don't overextend ourselves. We, we love to provide opportunities for our friends to connect for our families to have a chance for moms and caregivers to have a bit of a break or an opportunity to connect while their adult is engaged in a meaningful activity everything we do is undergirded by the gospel where we may be playing adaptive tennis and having lunch with our friends, but we have a prayer. We have a small devotion. We're connecting them in many times repeated experiences together. And so that knits, knits community very strongly together for the parents as much as it does for our friends. Also, Most of our David's Table families, there's not many that I know of that do every single thing we do. And I'm a mother as well. I have three daughters with disabilities. And one of the reasons we offer varied programming on different days is what might work for one family may not work for another, as well as interests, as well as calendars. Not that anyone who's listening to us has any challenges with their calendars at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I would caution you there's there is there is an ease at saying well this is working let's add this this and this we have been tempered as we've gotten bigger the last thing we want to do is not be able to love all of our friends and families well and so um where we don't add anything without being sure we can maintain and staff it and and why from a volunteer perspective and we have resources to support it we are still however very dependent in our planning meaning that often because of the changes that are happening so quickly we're literally preparing for things Hopefully a couple of days before they're heading, but trying to get to a week before they're heading. But um, that's that's the pace we're at right now.
1: And all the things that we've talked about program wise so far come out of a Monday night Bible study and a weekend treat for families. And I'll let folks talk about that a little bit.
3: Well, I can talk about Camp David if that's something that Beth would like to hear about. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All well,
1: right. Bert,
0: tell us because our audience might not know, tell us a little bit about where you're located. So like who you're serving and then tell us about the camp.
3: Okay, so we are in the upstate of South Carolina. We have families scattered throughout the upstate with the greatest concentration in Greenville. And because of growth in January of this year, we launched a a second location with a group in Anderson County and Powdersville, Piedmont area. So on Monday nights now, we have three campuses. We have a Greenville campus that meets a powdersville campus that meets and a virtual campus on zoom we have kept zoom on monday nights since covid we have out of state participants who are who even come to our weekend retreat camp um so uh that those three campuses are very healthy you're talking between Like right now in the summer, we had 90 last night, but we average over 100 usually for Monday nights. Monday is our cornerstone foundational ministry. We have lots of interest in even the surrounding cities and counties within our own state. And in fact, as a result of that this year, coming to disability in the church and meeting a lot of people, we've even got in the state of North Carolina and a few other places that are quite interested in seeing if they too can do something like we're doing. And I want anyone who hears me say this, your community can do this. And so it is, it is, we are parents, lovers of Jesus, first and foremost, and we, we're, we, we're imperfect people, but we're making it work. And God, God is the one growing it. We're planting, we're watering diligently, but he truly is the one making it grow. And so faithfulness, and it didn't grow overnight to what it is now. You heard Skeeter say it started in 2010 and though. Just like any tree that starts once it gets any kind of growth going, it can just shoot all over. That's what we're that's the growth stage or season we're in right now. And so about camp.
2: Yes. Go uh, ahead.
3: I'll let Keith talk about camp.
2: Many of our friends came out of Young Life Capernaum and they were familiar with going to summer camp. And so for a few years I kept saying, I wish we could go to camp. And like, well, you know, young life stops at high school or at 21. So in the midst of COVID, though, we decided that we would do a camp, primarily virtual on Zoom, Skeeter and Katie have said. But we did do, there was our friends participated in a service project for people that were working in a local prison correctional facility. So we raided Big Lots. I, I think we got banned from Big Lots because we bought like 200 tubes of toothpaste and 200 toothbrushes, and et cetera, et cetera. And so in the drive-by, a local church had some costumes, superhero costumes and Toy Story costumes, and we dressed up and our friends did a drive-by and they picked up all these supplies and then took them home. And then over the next few nights also, we had lessons. We also, as Katie said, we celebrated at the end with a virtual hoedown. And then... Our friends came back for another drive through to drop off their finished products. And I think we had 200. 200. 200. 200. Wow, that's amazing. And so as we were doing the debrief afterwards, we're like, okay, that went well. You know, what can we do better? One friend of ours, Merritt Anderson, said, next year we need to do this in person. And we're all like, yeah, right, sure. But we did. So in 2021, we worked and we went to uh, Carolina Point. It's a young life camp in Brevard, North Carolina, where we had 187 people. Wow. That's friends, family, and buddies and work crew. And it was a great success. And then last year in 2022, we were at 370, I'm looking at Katie, 375 total people. Wow. And we were in the process of... We're going to open up registration in another week and a half. And we're anticipating over 500, uh, which is about the limit of the camp, I believe. So, yes, this just went again, like I was saying with other programming, somebody saying we should do this in person. And our first thought was, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes, so camp has been wonderful. And if you've ever been to a Young Life camp, we have a similar flavor. There's some singing, there's some funny skits, more worshipful singing, time of prayer, teaching, but then there's also go-karts. Now I'm digressing for a moment. Skeeter is wonderful with this. I get to do the fun things, but Skeeter constantly reminds me that our goal is discipleship and relationship with our friends. Tennis is just a tool, or gardening is just a tool. It's the vehicle that we use to build those relationships, but not to get focused on making ukuleles the best ukulele band ever. But no, it's a time to build relationships and disciple our friends. So he's a good reminder.
3: That's a really Uh,
0: good reminder.
3: I'd like to add one comment to that. For our families, we catch them off guard. Moms and dads are not used to camp. I would like to encourage any of you who've never experienced having parents go to camp to consider that. We have found some ways and would welcome anyone who would like a look and see to just reach out to us and happy to connect and share. The moms and dads who go there not knowing what to expect, many of them are non-believers. Even though we are discipling their children, they see us more for respite and a place to park their adult and give them at some time off. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not condemning them or judging them. But I want you all to know that when you get that mom or dad in camp and they are surrounded by a number of others who are in similar circumstances, yet walking with such radiant joy, they want that. And they want to know how, when they look at this woman who has 10 special needs children that she's adopted, how she has so much joy. You, God does some amazing things in that kind of environment. So I would encourage you, although I'm not going to lie, it is hard work. It is beautiful, hard work. And we old people are exhausted when it's all over with, but man, we are also so excited right now, looking forward. We're in camp planning season and we're like a bunch of squirrels jumping all over the place. So
0: I love it. I love it. It's, it's, I love that your mission is all about discipleship and that's, That's just—it's so important, and I love all the ways you are being creative, Katie. I love what you said about not forgetting the parents because it's just—it's building those relationships and allowing them to see how others are living their life in Christ and how. Yes, yes. So this this is good, good stuff.
1: So tell the story. Okay, I think it would would be good to say where did the name David's table come from. And it might also be good to say the Monday Night Bible stu- uh, study is E210. Where did that come from?
0: Yes, let's t- please do tell that story.
1: Well, David's Table, 2 Samuel 9, is the story of David becoming king. Saul had died. Jonathan, Saul's son, had died, leaving Mephibosheth as, as a child. Mephibosheth had been dropped as a baby. He's crippled in both feet. He goes to see David, expecting not the best. In that day and time, folks who were related to the king might be dispatched because they would be a threat to the throne. So Mephibosheth gets the appointment with David. His opening line is, what do you have to do with a dog like me? Which I think a lot of people feel like that. But that Mephibosheth in that day and time being crippled in both feet, that would be a good opening line. David's response to that is to give Mephibosheth all of Saul's assets, land and animals. The Bible says he had 36 men, and I suspect that means a whole bunch of women to do the work of caring for Mephibosheth and his land and animals. But the main thing and where the name comes from is Mephibosheth had an invitation to take all his meals at David's table we're inviting our friends with disabilities and their and their families to come and participate with the king That's e210 well do you want or me all i
3: want to say is before he explains where e210 came from for us at dact when we went to disability in the church this year the very first thing that we saw when we walked to the top of the stairs was the classroom that takes place in E210 in his image
0: is the name of it. Yep, right? it's yes. in his image and it's my church's adult Sunday school for individuals with disabilities.
1: So if if I can interrupt just a little bit when when Young Life said our friends with disabilities are just like everybody else, and when they graduate from high school, they're done with Young Life, which is which was hard to hear, but is appropriate. One of the mothers, Susan, called me and said, we need to meet. And when we got together, Keith was there with his wife. And Susan said, I I cannot tell Allie she can't come to Young Life anymore. We are going to start something, aren't we? (laughs) Around my collar. And I said, yes, ma'am, we are. And E210 is a core part of David's Table and Susan still leaves that. She's mm-hmm. oh, our director. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So as Skeeter was saying, our Bible study originally about eight or nine years ago now, we were just a continuation of Young Life Capernaum. And our friends who had graduated even years before that were still coming. And Young Life did appropriately say, you have 35-year-olds in there with 15-year-olds. You can't do that. But... As Susan said, we wanted to continue, so we got together to figure out how are we going to make this Bible study club continuation. E210 is short for Ephesians 2.10, and it's twofold. We are God's masterpiece, and we want our friends to know that, just like out of Psalms 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's masterpiece created Perfectly the way he wanted you to. The second part of the verse, though, is created to do good works. We want our friends to know you are not just a recipient. So often in the disability community, our friends get used to just receiving. uh, But we want our friends to know you have a mission that God created you for. And that may be putting together those hygiene kits. It may be serving in the garden because then From the garden, we take plants that we sell. We have a garden market on Saturdays. And last year, we raised over $5,000 that we were able to use for scholarships for families to go to camp. So, yes, E210 is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece created to do good works in Christ Jesus.
3: And that's our Monday night Bible study that has usually over 100 participants every Monday. And it started out a few years ago gosh it's been in how many years now
2: Eight or nine eight or nine
3: years maybe with 17, 14 or 17 participants. So wow.
0: So the, this is also good and the, the the E210 story just I mean that Katie, when you shared that with me during the conference, I mean it absolutely just made me cry because to see, I don't know how, like only God could make could orchestrate that, right? right, right. so cool. So cool.
3: It it was affirmation or confirmation for us that we were where we were supposed to be. We are a very... Dependent organization, very prayerfully dependent. In fact, um, this Thursday is our monthly prayer meeting. And we pray over our ministry. We pray over our direction. We pray over our friends and their families. And we pray for God to lead us. And disability in the church was put on our radar at another trip that we had taken in obedience to Nashville after our last camp when a leader from Young Life was. Pam Harmon was told about as a speaker at disability in the church. And when we met with her, she said, I really feel like you guys need to go to this. We read, we, we registered and I signed us up. We made an executive decision in the back of Skeeter's van driving back from Nashville. We, we did signed up the sponsor and, and got us all signed up. We were, we didn't, we felt like that's where God was leading us. So when we walked, I still get goosebumps, but when we walked to the top of the stairs and I saw that sign, I got teary eyed <laughs> and just feeling like, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for, for confirmation that we're where we need to be meeting the people that we need to meet. Yes, yes.
0: And who knows what connections have been made and where that will lead and i you know i want to thank you all for being like for really being discerning and for being obedient and it's just it's fun for me to kind of hear and see what you're going to do next so thank you i want to give people the opportunity can you direct us to your website and like how can people who maybe aren't in your geographic area for instance can people take participate in the virtual Bible study? Is that? Yes, yes. Tell us about how with
3: you. So, the, it. so um, our website is davidstableonline.org, all one word. So davidstableonlin dot ORG. If you go to our website, Every single page has a sign up button. What are you signing up for? You're signing up for a newsletter. Our newsletter is meant to be friendly to an end user. So when you get it and it's repetitive every week, when you get it, it's meant for our to be accessible to our friends to sign up for things on their own. And so that is intentional. Any of those who work with those with variant disabilities know that familiarity for navigation is very helpful. It's a, a, an accessibility tool. So our Zoom links are on there. All our programming is on there. I also encourage you to follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Easy to find us, really. And that gives you a good idea of some of the things we're doing. We have a lot of one off socials, all kinds of stuff that we do. And you might get, do like we do, get some ideas from other organizations. That collaboration is very, very helpful and important. And we partner with a lot of local ministries too. So you also get some great ideas from, from that as well. So you can sign up for the newsletter. You'll get that. That'll give you access to anything and everything that we're doing. And also on our newsletter, as well as our website, there's a way to contact us. I do want to share one part of our programming that we did not mention that is a critical part of our mission. And that is connecting, which I know this plays to what you all do at Key Ministries. David's Table is not church. We have a lot of unchurched families in our ministry. A lot of unchurched families who believe in Jesus and use us as church. And we're not church. So connecting our families and friends to church is one of our key goals in our ministry. And we do this through a program called First Sundays. We have several churches that are collaborative partners with us, community partners with us that help us to bridge the gap between our families and a church. And what that looks like as a quick snapshot is I'm the mom with a daughter in a wheelchair, my daughter, and I'm speaking, I am a mom. Um, with a daughter in a wheelchair. Becca has a 420 pound power wheelchair. She's autistic, has seizures, and she has a visual deficit. I'm coming to visit your church. There's some immediate needs I have. We have a David's Table person who goes to that church who will meet them in the parking lot. Let me know where I can park. Make sure I know where if I can get my daughter in the building (laughs) and where all that, you know, knows the campus. So they're kind of the the buffer between me and accessing the facility and and any questions I have. I can do that to we leverage our relationship with our families to do that. And then on the flip side for the congregation in the church who might not have a disability program, who might not have a single person with a disability in their whole body, they know me, the church member, the ambassador, I'm confusing my roles here, but let's say Keith, who might be the ambassador, and they would go up to Keith and say, Well, who's your friend? They would feel comfortable approaching Keith where they might look at me where I'm probably pretty defensive, if you're going to be nice to me and my child or not. But they would ask Keith questions. They might not feel comfortable approaching me. The whole idea is there's been so much wounding that has happened to a lot of our families that they just don't want to go there again. And the only way they will go is if we can use our relationship and time and trust with them to say, we'll be there with you. We are going to be there with you to help you make that connection.
2: And then as Katie said, we are not the church. So I want to touch on one point. Part of David's table is we're creating community between Sundays, you know, whether it's through the gardens art, ukuleles. So it's not just Sundays, though. Sundays, we want our families in church. And it does not have to be Grace where Katie goes or Brookwood where I go, because you may not, we want to build that. You may not be comfortable in a non-denominational type church that plays, you know, guitars. If you want to worship with pipe organs and incense, then let's help that Episcopalian or Catholic church be greeting. So, but we're also, while we make the connections there, we want to build that community Monday through Saturday. And that's a large part of what we do. Uh, Because as you mentioned, I would tell people, if you ever think about the isolation that we felt in April and May of 2020 with COVID, we could not get out of our house. You weren't able to go anywhere. That's for many of our friends. That's day to day. It was that way before COVID and it's been that way since covid. So we're trying to get them out, build those relationships, make those connections and create that community.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love I love the idea of creating community between Sundays, but then I love what you're doing to help plug people into the local church by having the ambassadors, you know, the people that already have the relationship with the congregation and then is is a welcoming person for you know, an incoming family. That's, that's tremendous. So, well, thank you, Skeeter, Katie, Keith. I just want to thank you for your time today. All of the links that they mentioned so that you can connect with David's table. All of that will be in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for joining me and the crew from David's Table for episode 58 of Key Ministry, the podcast. You can access all the links we mentioned at keyministry.org podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating and leave a review. That will help other people know if it's the right show for them.